Tonight on Sidetracked, I try to use some big words. We interview Kenny Eggleston. Get a little sidetracked talking about pulling around the nation. General news and obits. Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios, sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh, brought to you by the Second Baptist Bar and Grill, your exorcism specialist. All right, sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh, featuring Cross tonight. Ah, great sound. Thank God for the splash guards. Uh, Saving my butt right there, but uh, another great st- show in store for you guys tonight. Big words, Charles Poche out for the night. Uh, spend some time with his uh, significant other, Tanya, before she heads out of state for a little bit. He will be back next week to join us, but uh, lots in store for you tonight as we bring Kenny Eggleston in to talk about pulling across the continent from Canada to the Western U.S. So another great show. Be fun as always. And thank you, Carl, for coming in and joining us tonight, filling in. Great to have you in as always. Hopefully we fed you good. It's my pleasure. I, I, I think the steak was a good uh, it was all steak right. and taters. It was, was all right. Start. It was all right, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> bad. Our, I had to supply my own beer. Our, our sound engineer and uh, head chef did a fantastic job. So thank you, Nick Meyer, Life Media Productions. Uh, as always, running the soundboard, making us sound better than we normally would. Because let's face it, we sound like crap. So yeah, we have a <laughs> we have a, a face for radio and a voice for uh, telegraph. Hey, oh, telegraph! Ooh, Ooh I, like, I that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think Today I just said news. on the news. <laughs> so you might as well fire it off, Nick. Let's uh, get right in the news. I really love that. I love that intro music. I feel so official. <laughs> sounds great. I love that. That was the best drop I think you found. We've had some really good ones out here, but for some reason, I love the 80s uh, news feature, but... Well, uh, I'll fire up the news here, coming up this weekend. Yeah, you got some news. Let's hear it. This weekend is Paris for the Southwest Ontario. Yeah, I believe it's a co-sanctioned event with uh, Central Ontario. Ontario. Uh, well, formerly Central Ontario, O-T-T-P-A. now uh, Ontario Truck and Tractor Pulling Association, OTTPA. But yes, was Central Ontario, and then I can't remember the other group they uh, yeah. merged with offhand, but further east uh, of Toronto. But, uh, yeah, they get fired off. Paris Super Farm will be the Southwestern class on the docket there. So good luck to everybody competing in that. Uh, what will be uh, tomorrow? Friday the 11th? Yeah. Or uh, the, yeah, Wait, is, let me check. I'm trying to remember if it's uh, the 11th. Or, dates uh, don't what? matter. Oh, dates do matter for me. I live off a calendar anymore. But uh, well, August ain't going to help me. And, of course, my phone doesn't want to move. There we go. The 11th, so Saturday, we're going to get going. 
also going on this coming weekend. Uh, Ontario Vintage Tractor Pullers got rained out in Petrolia last weekend, so they're going to go for their uh, test and tune hook this weekend, I believe 10 a.m. hook drop for them. I'm going to be over there uh, keeping track of what's going on and uh, getting some video and photos and who knows if I got enough signal. I haven't tried my phone out with my new international plan over there. But in that area, at least, to see what I have for signal. But uh, if we can do that, I'm going to do some live feed video for you guys. And, uh, well, we had a couple pulls this past week. I know you haven't gotten your season started, but My thumb truck's tractor, still sitting in the barn. Yeah, probably hasn't had anything done to it either. You no, get that axle yet? It's been fired up. The axle shaft will be here tomorrow. Oh, good, well, good. Well, that'll be today, really. Yeah, Thursday. We record on Wednesdays. We're a time continuum warp thing. It's pretty cool stuff. But uh, no, uh, Thumb Tractor Pullers getting their start. Uh, Peck this past Friday, great opening, um, but not escaping carnage. Uh, the Doobie family with the Mo Foolishness U302 Chevrolet power plant under the hood, taking out the pinion and ring gear. I mean, just nasty, gnarly, eating of parts. And uh, I know they'll be back up and running soon. A little light on some of the classes. Uh, a little more carnage we had. Uh, the whiskey throttle of the Jennings team. The old Alice Chalmers uh, 185 Cummins power plant under the hood. It used to be owned by uh, all the Spiegelberg clan out in Wisconsin. Uh, eating the shaft between the trans and the pinion. So uh, rough start for the season there. And also their Ford Commander having... V8 hot rod having major, major ignition issues, not getting able to really get it off the line, get above the cam. So hopefully we'll see them back. The commander last year, TTPA points champion in the V8 hot rod class. So hopefully looking to regain some form with that tractor. But a lot of good passes made, some uh, new pullers out there, some debut iron. We had a test pass by Rob Foster, the Simply Red uh, pulling team, also uh, Foster Child, their other truck, but nah, they did not make a pass with that one, so great to have them out there. Also, uh, Bill Potter, Br uh, Brian Grifka, the, oh, uh, God, why am I drawing a blank? Apple Pie Express, uh, super modified two-wheel drive, making a couple pet test pass there. Let's uh, let's give a shout out to Adam Higgins and his. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's finally made a return to the 2.5 class. Well, not a return debut. He's never wow. pulled anything like that. And uh, Adam Higgins making a debut with the Ghost. Uh, now the name of the truck, the Silver Cummins Power Plant uh, 2.5 truck, coming away with a second-place finish in the points with his new truck. What a way to start out your uh, debut season with TTPA. I, I know he was happy. I think I, I I was jumping up for joy too. Yeah, great to have to that done. Nice you know, especially considering the issues he ran into. Uh, first time he got his engine uh, done, fired it up, no oil pressure, ended up having to go completely through the engine again. So great to see him out there. Uh, names returning out to the field that we haven't seen in a long time. Todd Humpert uh, getting in the seat of the Coyote Ugly. Tractor V8 High Rod Oliver, um, formerly owned by Edo Duffer, 
But uh, getting that tractor back out there, Todd, former VA high rod puller in his own right, used to run the E5 co-op Chevrolet power plant, VA high rod, now owned by, uh, oh, uh, picture the guy, Kev McNault. There, getting the name slowly. <laughs> yeah. Coming to you. It's been a long day. It's been a good day, but it's well, been a long day. Let's shoot a little farther south than that. TS got rained out, at least yeah, from what I saw. Rough go uh, down in Kentucky this weekend. Both events for TS rained out. The only pulling I saw was a bunch of tractors pulling semis out of the pits. Oh, my God. The videos and pictures that were coming out of there trying to get these haulers out after what is one of the premier diesel events for the year. Um, just not able to get it done. You know, TS sponsored tractors from tractors and trucks from the super mod diesel four-wheel drive to two-wheel drive trucks to uh, pro stock diesel tractors they're out there in every way shape and form but kind of a rough way for them to go i know it's an expensive endeavor Very to expensive. go into what they're doing and to get rained out mother nature just did not want to cooperate at all down in kentucky this uh past week so i know uh the godfather eric pruitt was gonna be at both days uh well originally one day and then got rained out so he went back second day and just did not work out. So I do know we also had some pulling down in uh, Washington Courthouse, Ohio, this past weekend. Which, speaking of, I was I was seeing the uh, the Snapchats of Tony Tony yeah. Burkhart at DHD as they got rained out at TS, and he was able to catch that Washington Courthouse hook on his yep. way home. My, he, he got the I cheap hook around the track. Uh, Miami Valley uh, tractor pullers uh, is taking on the trucks that. We're part of the former Buckeye series that is now defunct. So great that those pullers found a home to go to and getting the first hook down there in Washington Courthouse. So a lot of pulling getting started up here in the Midwest. Uh, Things firing away. This weekend coming up, I will be over in Petrolia. Also uh, in the center, towards the center of the state, uh, Oakley, Michigan, Mid-Michigan Gas Tractor associate old gas tractor association known for their antiques are putting on a benefit pull and uh see if i can pull up the flyer for that quick but uh young man very sick and uh they're doing a doing a benefit pull for him this weekend so uh great get if you you live in the state get a chance to get out there uh please do here we go um this Saturday, June 11th, 7 p.m. hook drop, $10 hook, buy four hooks, get one free. Uh, all pre- proceeds will be delivered to the Trevor Tuff Foundation to assist 13-year-old Trevor Blunt and his family with medical bills. Trevor diagnosed with Hirschsprung's disease, which I wish I could say I knew what it was, but I don't. And uh, he uh, had to have surgery to improve his quality of life, but... It's going to be a long process there, so great to see they're stepping up to this charity truck and tractor pull out there in uh, Oakley, Michigan. So uh, make sure you get out there for that. Also this past weekend in Peck, uh, mid-Michigan uh, mini tractor pullers got their start for the season. Uh, Peck for their first pull, and I uh, got to go up there and announce them. Great time with the quarter-scale tractor pullers. Everything from electrics of Darren Gilbert, who was on for our first episode of Hookers and Blow. Hookers and Blow. Oh, yeah. Great times, as always, there. And uh, all the way up from uh, beginner's class, four, five, six-year-old kids. 
on garden tractors all the way up to big wheeled uh, 375 cube small block V8 engines out there running. It was a great time with them. Had a blast. They're going to be in Brown City this Sunday, um, Brown City, Michigan, at the uh, MAC Elevator there. They're going to be pulling first time track there, so look forward to seeing that. A lot more events coming up. Um, Thumb is off this weekend. They'll be rolling uh, next the following weekend, the 17th, 18th, 19th. We're going to get going. I'm going to be over in Canada, and uh, Charles will be up in Carsonville. Also, Thumb will be in Gara, Michigan, just north of Frankenmuth. I'll be over in Shedden, Ontario on the 17th. Dungannon for the Dungannon Super Bowl. The debut of this year's Duramac. Yes, for no, that Shedden will be your debut. Shedden? Yep, that'll be the first stop, uh, or one of the the first Ontario stop for the light limited super stock schedule, Ed Shoebridge. We've had Ed him on the show many times, and uh, that's their first stop. They'll be at the Dungannon Super Bowl the following day up by Godrich, Ontario. Great pull, two tracks, nonstop pulling and alcohol flowing. Great time Speaking up there. Speaking of which... I might have one or two spots in my camper for the weekend, so if anybody wants to come out, first first two people to hit me up on Facebook might be able to find a spot in the camper. Well, I know I've already got a spot, so... Yeah. Well, okay, then I got... Well, I still got two spots left. I was going to say. But that uh, that spot may or may not be sharing a bed with somebody. Put it that way. I cuddle real nice, so don't worry. Well, you can cuddle <laughs> with a guest, then. I'm going to keep my bed to myself. Hey, hey they're, the, they're the one taking the chance on their own right, right there. No, I'm not sleeping the back of the turbo diesel if I can avoid it. <laughs> but then the fall, that Sunday day after, I'm going back down to Tilbury, Ontario, for the second hook for the season for the Kent Essex Garden Tractor Puller. So looking forward to get down there with the Bonneau family and uh, getting their uh, actually their first points hook for the season going. They had their test and tune two weeks ago. So looking forward to that. I think that's all we really got for the news. Nothing really jumping out. Um, a lot of guys still trying to get tractors together for the season, waiting on parts and uh, trying to get going. I know we'll see probably the Balkan by 4th of July. I know I saw the Gervin family uh, reassembling their rotating assembly in the short block of the last calls, International 1466 Super Farm. So uh, I know Rob's at winding up the school year. He'll have more time here pretty quick, so... Looking forward to seeing everybody get out and running and uh, lots of pulling to come as we dive into the marathon of pulling in the Michigan, Ontario area where we go nonstop for three months straight. So, In super localized news. Ooh, we got super localized. Okay. My truck was fired up the other day. Oh, congrats. Good. The, the replacement axle shaft I broke at the ends of last season should be here today, Thursday. Back to the future stuff here with yeah. the podcast. So, <laughs> probably uh, Sunday, my truck will be running and driving, and it'll be ready for next for next weekend. Good to hear. Great to hear. I haven't had a chance to work on my tractor. I will have a bunch of time coming up here in the near future. Is I you'll am hear moving. later tonight. I am moving. Yeah, I will. We'll talk about it now too because it is a goof. We record in different orders, but back to the future. I'm uh, putting in my uh, two weeks' notice for today, Wednesday, for the company I've been with for five and a half years. Just Pulling and announcing is taking more and more time, and I'm going to devote myself to uh, sidetrack productions for a little bit. Living the, the dream. Summer. So, yeah, living the dream. 
taking a leap of faith and uh, see, hey, you don't know if you're going to sink or swim unless you jump. So we're going to find out the hard way quick, but uh, glad to have my wife support me on uh, all that. Thank you, Steph. I appreciate it. And my parents' support, as always, and my in-laws. I know my parents listen to us every week, and uh, they were very supportive in the decision. So makes it makes it a little easier to take that dive when you got a good support system around you. So. Now with that, well, we're gonna roll into the obituaries. We do have one this week. Um, we Lay it br- on me. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, actually, I guess we do have kind of two. Uh, those of you we did talk about Johnny Griggs, a puller with the Thumb Tractor Pullers. His memorial is this week, this Saturday, the eleventh. So uh, we're they're having a small. Uh, Small get-together for that, so that way we have some closure there. So uh, prayers to Lisa and them. We're going to be there as a sidetrack crew to support them on that. But another one, we got to go out to uh, the Great Plains area. The Gravert family has suffered another death. We brought talked to you earlier this year. Um, tough go. Lost a bunch of chickens and... Uh, this past week, they lost another one, so... I'm sure their next hook will be dedicated. Yeah, they're going to have to dedicate it to the loss of uh, the chicken this past week. I know uh, Jeff and uh, his wife will be uh, deep in thought about that one. So, we're, we're here with you guys. We're support- Be supportive with you with the Sidetrack crew. I know uh, we were all disappointed to read about it earlier this week, the loss of your chicken, so... With that, uh, that's all we have for obituaries. So if there is a death uh, involving a puller that is near and dear to you or somebody actively involved in the sport in years prior currently. Or their poultry. Yeah, or their poultry. We do cover poultry, cattle. Um, all livestock or pets. Livestock or pets. We will make sure you get your due time. But uh, let us get a hold of us, AP at sidetrackpulling.com. We're sidetracked with Armstead and Poster on Facebook. Shoot us a message or an email. And give us a little bit of story about the person or animal or whatever that was near and dear to you involving pulling. I mean, it does have to be a pulling piece of poultry. <laughs> I, or at least a family involved with pulling if it is your poultry. I mean, yep. I understand there's a lot of losses out there. I know a buddy had to have a pig put down and they're going to be eating them this weekend, but... He doesn't pull, so I'm not even going to really go into that one. But, uh, no, on all seriousness, get a hold of us. Let us know. Everybody do, deserves their do 15 minutes of fame. And uh, here at Sidetrack, we want to make sure, as part of our family, we make sure we get that covered. So with that, our next segment, a little brighter and uh, happier note. Birthdays, birthdays, birthdays. I'm coming out firing. First birthday, which is today, to those of you listening, yesterday, uh, a big (laughs) 22 years old to Jeffrey Weber. He is a man out of uh, Canada over there. He made a couple hooks with me and Nick in uh, the street modified class. Not quite a dedicated puller yet, but he seems like he's ready to step to the plate. But he did come out for a few hooks, so give him his two seconds there. Happy birthday to you, Jeff. Well, Friday I got one uh, owner of Discreet Diesel, Nick Ossentoski, a uh, big supporter of the Fall Classic pull at a, out at American Legion Post 525 in Smith's Creek. He is turning 32. Happy birthday to him. I also got uh, 
Mr. Garrett Newberry. He's turning 22. Uh, been an antique puller in the past and uh, wrenches out a lot of classic tractors. So happy birthday to him. Um, I do have to give this one a guy not involved pulling, but a good close friend of mine. Uh, he passed away here, I believe, four years, three years, three, four years ago now. Mr. Corey Fields, we've been turning 26, so miss you, buddy. Uh, guy, little brother to me growing up, so definitely uh, miss him. Another one, Mr. Kyle Slifko on Saturday. Uh, garden tractor puller in the past and has stopped up into the antique realms in years prior, but not much actively lately. He is turning 30 years old, and God, thank God, Kyle, I'm glad I'm not as old as you. I mean, God, poor... His sister has mistaken me for him a couple times. Yeah, you guys do have that Amish look. You guys yeah, do look like yeah. you could be brothers now as you mentioned it, yes. Yeah, she walked out of the back of the bar one time and was like, oh, what's my brother doing here? I was like, the hell are you? Uh, what, you got any more coming up here, Carl? I mean, I've got Mike Clore. The oh, coon. That's, that's coming up on Tuesday. I got a couple between then and now. Um, Let's see here. No, I do. I preceded one. Okay. Going back to Monday, coming up on the 13th, that would be Amy Capozo, yes. formerly Amy Loftus, wife of Nick Capozo. Yep. Capozo polling team. We've had Brother Charlie on here before. Uh, also very active in helping with the Great Lakes Classic, Nick. So happy birthday, Amy. Uh, the better looking half of the Nick-Amy com- combo. So History. <laughs> oh, oh, I just watched a red fox run by the window. But anyways. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. But anyway, Firefox is here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Internet Explorer should be a buy in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kitty posted about Sunday. You should be seeing him. <laughs> well, back to subject. I did see a turtle earlier. My hats off to Amy for those of you who uh, who don't know the uh, local. Local history too. Well, Amy used to babysit me when I was a small child. I was change your diaper. And- yep, yep. I was very good friends with her younger brother. We went to school together. So me and Amy go a long ways back. Good. Happy birthday, Amy. Ah, uh, let's see here, Mister Stephen Aylmeyer, turning twenty-seven. John Deere antique puller with the NATPA. Happy birthday to him. Twenty-seven years old. That's on Monday. On Tuesday, Eric Van uh, Van Valkenburg. Ah, yeah, I'm not good with them big, long names, but uh, Puller of the Smuggler, uh, alcohol burning open superstock tractor out of New York, NTPA competitor, turning 46 years old. And then another one Tuesday. You want to do Coon? Yeah, Mike Clark. Big old Coon. He came out last year. He stayed with us at uh, Dungannon. That oh boy. was a hell of a time. Did he snore a lot? No, we were in separate campers, thank God. Because I, I got a good story about them trying to cross the border, but I'll save yeah, that for another no, time. It's like Gordyville stories I could tell about them. We just aren't going to go into that because there's some things you just got to leave alone. Mm-hmm. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in Canada stays in Canada. Thank God. <laughs> 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 and uh, you got any others or... That's no, it for you? That's, that's all I've got polling related. I got one more Wednesday. Uh, Mr. Chan and Pop, uh, hook guy for the TTPA on the normally small end of the track, and also uh, our equipment operator on site helping with loading and unloading and uh, weight changes. He is turning 
42 years old for so happy birthday to him and that's all i believe i have offhand so uh as always just like with obituaries if you have any birthdays you want covered uh charlie Capozo did that for his daughter he got a hold of us wanted a birthday shout out get a hold of us we'll give you a birthday shout out ap at sidetrackpulling.com sidetracked with armstead and Posh on facebook shoot us a message We'll make sure you guys get taken care of. With that, we're going to take a break here. Feel free to find me on Facebook, Carl Cross. It's about as easy as it sounds, except Carl is spelled with a K, so keep that. Got a drop for that? Carl! Carl! You can't do you that, know what? Carl. He says he's big words today. I am big words today. Is this true? Yes, it's true. <laughs> this man has no dick. If you're going to step up, you got to fill the shoes completely. I'll fill those shoes completely, and my girlfriend will disagree with that. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we're going to take a break. This is Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. Take it easy. All right, and we're back. Sidetracked with Armstead and Cross. Kind of got a good ring to it. And Eggleston tonight. Kenny Eggleston joining us from the big city of Cedar Springs or... Whatever. Cedar City. Cedar City. There we go. See, over here, everything's got springs to it because there's a lot of water. But uh, Cedar <laughs> City, Utah. How you doing tonight, Kenny? I am doing pretty darn good. Just uh, kind of honored and humbled to be a part of the sidetrack crew tonight. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's making way too big of a deal out of this. <laughs> we, we bribed Carl on with baked potato and zucchini and uh, cheap cut of steak tonight, so hey, it's got not me that here. big of a deal. <laughs> it got me here. And he ended up bringing his own beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And that's where I actually failed. I was going to grab a six-pack before I got to the hotel, but I was on the phone with Paul, so I didn't make it. And uh, the good news is I found a flask in my pickup with eight-second whiskey in it. So I get to be pushed tonight. Ooh. Ooh, I, was, I was a little concerned we were going to have a sober guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can take a break if you need to run to the store. <laughs> you know what, Kenny? What's frustrating is I was on the phone with Dave earlier tonight. And... Uh, uh-huh. I literally got out of work, I was on the phone with him, and I'm standing outside the local watering hole I go to right after work to blow steam off. I stood outside that bar for 25 minutes before I was finally able to get off the phone with him, because he ran out of service, and I could go in and finally get a damn drink down my guzzle, so, love you, Dave, but oh, you're killing That's me, Smiles. That's how I lost too. <laughs> so, what we're going to talk about tonight... We got Mr. Carl Cross, puller with Southwestern Ontario Tractor Pullers, and uh, puller also here stateside for a couple different poles. Yeah, a few hooks. Then we got Kenny, who's familiar with pulling out west, Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, I believe you get down to Colorado even. Yeah, Colorado, California, uh, there, it does get down into Arizona, a couple places down there in New Mexico. A uh, little bit. We but we we have done polls in all those areas. Washington, Oregon. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got the states covered. You put some miles on. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I actually I thought with all the uh, with all the emissions in uh, in California over there, there probably wasn't much of a scene. But you've made some hooks over there. Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, it's kind of funny. They're like kind of like that EPA confusion that was going on with. Uh, 
vehicles being able to feed off-road and, and things of that nature with the registrations. If it's an off-road vehicle, they have no... California doesn't really get involved in it as far as the state goes. So, And I was wondering if something was coming down the pike with that because, like, this year the National Hot Rod Diesel Association did not do a event in Cal- California. But last year I announced a, an exclusive diesel event with uh, super stocks, everything. Uh, drag racing, track and trucker, track and we try that again. Truck and tractor pulling, uh, all that stuff, and and it was going on in Bakersfield, California. So, yeah, they they do full on stuff there. And uh, as of yet, I'm pretty sure California tells you it will cause cancer, but they don't uh, don't prohibit those events. Well, okay. Well, if anywhere I'd expect to have it a motorsports event, definitely it would be in Bakersfield, California, kind of. The home of the SoCo uh, um, speed shops and all that, you know, that's performance yeah. land and Hot Rod City is right down there in Bakersfield. So, I actually, I was I was quite curious with uh, that EPA regulation that came through earlier this year, and it's been discussed on the show a couple times already. But uh, you know, one thing everybody is saying is, well, this doesn't affect road road legal vehicles, and I mean, when you look at two five trucks. A lot of organizations require that that be a street legal registered vehicle. Yep. So, so what happens there? Because that it's, needs to be a, a registered street legal vehicle. But at the same time, it, it, you know, and then then those regulations come through, and you can't have the mods on them. So, and you know, I mean, we're getting a little sidetracked here, but already I, I've gotten to you know talk to some guys over in Canada, and uh, your street mod class over there, they have to pass extensive testings in that, similar to California. Just to be able to be on the road, I was talking to a guy who had an old bus that they used as a party bus. He said before he could even touch the road with thing, it was $3,000. Oh, wow. Before he touched the road with it. By the time you pass all your testing and all that so you can get your plates. So it's, it's definitely, it explains more on why the diesel scene isn't as big over there as you'd expect. Just because, right. hey, you do have to go through these testings and, you know... You like your class, Carl. It is a street legal class. Right. So, but I mean, I guess we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. What are we talking about tonight? We're going to talk about pulling across the continent. For once, we have uh, people on board here who can talk from pulling on the West Coast to right here in the Midwest to uh, Canada. So, it's something we're going to touch into and uh, get talking about here because, I mean, God, there are some vast differences. And ultimate call-out challenge for those of us from the Midwest really, really signified a lot. one of the biggest differences. And uh, even for us, just not even a mile across the river, tracks are completely different. The quality is not yeah. there. Whereas here yeah, in Michigan, that, we're used to really good clay tracks. Yeah, without a doubt. And that was, uh, that was the interesting thing when you talked to... Uh, of course, his name's going to leave me right now. Uh, the, the gentleman Derek came Rose. out and competed from Michigan. Yeah, Derek. Derek Rose. Yeah, when when he was talking about that two six truck, and Andrew, you and I actually had a conversation about that that they did the test with on that sled. And the I, I have to go back because I'm going to watch that sled going uh, Saturday night. They they've made some major improvements to that thing. It's been around for a hundred years, but right now it's about as close to a bower sled as you can get without it being a bower sled. 
what I was worried about is that they literally photo finished with the thing that maybe they missed something and that we were going <laughs> to, that was going to be the re- representation of Western pulling to the whole wide world that was watching that thing on uh, the live YouTube feed. But uh, when he brought up the fact that they brought that 2.6 truck uh, to do the test on it, and it, the, granted it was a lot less horsepower, but it was a, it's a kind of a gnarly looking old first gen truck. And I haven't confirmed this yet, but I'm pretty sure that that was Austin Ellsworth. And that is probably the meanest manual pump uh, uh, 5.9 Cummins in this part of the country. And because the sled would not, or the track wouldn't hold together, if they would have tested that with, uh, a, a, you know, a similar horsepower truck, they that's why they had to offset that a little bit because of that horsepower, the, that much horsepower, the track wasn't going to hold it. And so that was actually the perfect truck to test the sled with before going into the big horsepower ones. So we have to set, uh, and, and this isn't every track, but that particular area is alkali, alkali soil. It's very sandy. And uh, if they would have put, a, a say, a super stock on there and tested with that, uh, that, that super stock probably wouldn't have pulled the sled as far as, say, a 3.0 truck or a 2.6 truck because the track wasn't going to hold it. Yeah, there's no connection there. And, you know, something I want to talk about, Kenny, quick. We're, we're getting sidetracked again, but that's part of, part of the course. Most people around here on 2.6 trucks, you're talking a P-pump. Nobody runs a VP. Yeah. But that truck you were talking about, that is still the VE pump in it. Yeah, and it's it's a tricked-out VE pump. And, in fact, industrial injection, he, I think, most of the mods have been done to that pump he did himself. And the kid's only 20, I think he's 22 or 23 years old. Uh, I did an interview with him on the podcast, and I'm going to have to dig that up and do a replay on it. But uh, he drag races with that truck. He still drives it on the road. But he, uh, he'll he hang in there. He's, he's a total of about $15,000, including the price that he bought the truck from his grandfather. Uh, that's how much he's got invested, and I've seen him wind up in the top three against a couple trucks that have close to 100000 in them in the 2.6 class. Jesus. Uh, and it's here again, a lot of it's the physics behind it, that uh, his, his horsepower to uh, stickiness or whatever you want to call it is able to sometimes beat, beat the track as opposed to beat the other trucks. Uh, but I've seen... You know, first place truck be a ninety thousand dollar truck, second place be right in that neighborhood, and here he sits with his fifteen thousand one. In fact, uh, Rigby, Idaho, I believe, he took third place in the two six class. And there's two very, very. Uh, in fact, both of them I think have run at Shide. Uh, so just to give you kind of an idea what these guys have invested, they were willing to come out and put their uh, put their pedal to the metal at Shide and uh, run against those guys, and he finished in their third place to them. Uh, he, he just he just knows the truck, you know, and I think there's a lot to be said for that and and consistencies, and, and I love the, the two other guys to death, but they're constantly changing everything, and as we know in truck and tractor pulling, you don't make a bunch of trial passes like you do in drag racing or even stock car racing, doing hot laps to be able to go back and tune, and these guys, instead of going, well, that didn't work, they would make a major change instead of taking it down the track three or four times and figuring out exactly what they needed to change uh, and changing it a little at a time. And here this 23-year-old kid, 
you know, he only has so much to work with, so most of his tuning's happening with a screwdriver. And uh, the minute changes, the little changes, have uh, made him very competitive. I, I do think that's one part of the sport that seems to have gone away lately. It's, uh, it's oh, I'm not competitive anymore. I need to do this. And it's something big and drastic, or they want to change the rules because it's not fair. And it's, it's like, you know, back the origin of the sport was picking away at your little tractor and squeezing every horsepower you could out of it and getting that horsepower to the ground and uh, seems to kind of be going away in some classes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, one guy in particular, and he, we we're actually very good friends for a long time and I better not say his name because he unfriended <laughs> me on Facebook for some reason that I'm not familiar with. But, uh, in fact, the truck's for sale if he hasn't got it sold already, but, uh, Every time he would, uh, industrial sponsored him, and they would make major changes to it every single time he took to the track. And so instead of changing one thing, they would change several things. And I, in my opinion, I, granted, I've been down the track three or four times total myself. But in my opinion, you're never going to isolate the problem if you don't change one little thing at a time. Yeah, yeah you need to dial it in. No, absolutely. I mean... Your first time out of the chassis, I know, Carl, you went through this with the Duramac. Even me with my 460, you know, the first thing I did was figure out my weights, you know, where where it works best. And then you start with tire pressures. You know, you make your changes, but you have to have a constant variable, you know, a constant before you put that variable in there. And a lot of guys have gone away from that. They think, oh, well, I got beat, so I need to go spend another $10,000 on a better turbo. No, learn to use what you have. I mean, you like you said, Carl. You, you from the origin of the sport. You know what a lot, and I'm gonna I'm gonna single out the truck guys on this because this is where the diesel truck guys yeah, are forgetting yeah. what went on. Is there at the point when super stock? You know, when pulling got started on the NTPA level, you had a super stock class and you had a mod class. That was it. Right. There was no two-wheel drive pickups. There was no four-wheel drive pickups. You know, there was no limited mods or light limited, unlimited. You know, no, you didn't have that. But at the same time, there was no industrial. There was no precision. There was no hearts. There was no, uh, God, name anybody. You know, they were not around. Exactly. You went to a junkyard and you found a turbo off an old Mack truck that was bigger than what you had, and you bolted it on, or off of whatever you know, off an airplane. What you found the parts to make it work. Yeah, until the Auroras came out, <laughs> and then that was everybody had to have one of those. You yeah. know, but you you made work with what you had, and you learned to finesse a vehicle down the track. Yeah. yeah. And I know we're talking about you know pulling, you know across the con- continent but that mentality that, that's needs something to stay that's the gone same. away is these guys aren't getting out there and actually reading a track they're just standing back looking at what the previous guy did and said oh he didn't do too bad instead of being out there you know we've all seen it out and actually on the national level it's gone away the guys out there with the screwdrivers poking the track going okay it's soft here it's hard here okay this is the line we're taking you know yeah. that's gone it's gone you don't see the guys out there trying to read a track it is a dark art. It's something that takes a lot of talent to be able to do. But 
a lot of these guys could get away without spending thirty, forty thousand dollars on a two point five diesel truck if they just learned how to read a track and how to actually properly hole shot a vehicle and get the tight tra- truck hooked versus spinning out of the hole like they do. You know, I mean, and unfortunately, even the open super stock class, it's gone that way. Just keep pouring the money to it till you got enough horsepower to win. Well, why don't right. you actually work on learning how to drive? Yeah. But anyways. Well, and that's the, the funny thing is <clears throat> I'll still see a lot of the old timers around here with the, the alcohol track. Like Skyler, his dad, uh, uh, Skyler Nybar, the CEO of Little Little Productions. In fact, he's getting behind the wheel Friday night for the first time. Uh, good heavens. I think he only made two or three passes last year. His little sister's been in it. But uh, his dad is, is really good at reading the track. He'll be out there. He'll still do it. But that's the funny part, and Carl, you might uh, might call me names after this, but the, the funny thing that we've noticed a lot with the, the diesel industry coming in, and, and God bless them, because honestly, I believe that that has given pulling a shot in the arm like, like nothing could have, uh, at least in this part of the country, because it was just slowly fading and, and almost, you know, getting smaller and smaller with just the alcohol and the gasoline and that kind of stuff. And then when the diesel pickup started coming in, it really gave a lot of sponsors a uh, reason to get involved in the sport and uh and brought in a lot more uh, competitors but it always cracked me up to see the old alcohol guys over there helping each other out they unload and they leave their stuff out if it's a two-day event and uh, they're walking around helping each other and they're sharing notes and the diesel guys in the meantime if it's a two-day event they make a path they load it on the trailer take it to the hotel park it outside where they can watch it all night just to make sure nobody takes a peek under the hood or, or anything like that. And it's almost just a different uh, generation of pullers. And, and it's a different style of camaraderie. There's a little more smack talk that seems to go on in the diesel end of things. And, and it's, it's, to me, it's just funny. I, I, I get a kick out of it to just see the, the contrast between the two uh, forms. And, and maybe that's just out here. No, no, no. no. You, uh... No. I, I have no reasons to call you names after that because uh, I think me and you'd be pretty, pretty good friends there, Kenny, because you pretty much just summed up my view of the sport, too. And uh, and while I am a diesel truck pulling guy, my origins are pulling an International 560 at the local Armada Fair. And so, I mean, I grew up with that camaraderie of the old men back in the pits, and, you know, I'm, I'm in the diesel truck world now, and, and, and it's exactly right. It's exactly what I see. Nobody wants to talk about their truck or, or their setup. Everybody thinks everything they got is the hottest thing around, and it's a secret, and it's just it's no fun. No, absolutely. And one thing I've gotten to know from getting to know the diesel truck guys, and don't get me wrong, they are good guys. They are very secretive, though. But you can tell the guys who've come into diesel trucks from the tractor side of the world. They understand more of what goes on in the sport, you know, and willing to help people out. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of guys who haven't pulled trucks, you know, haven't pulled tractors before, but I will stereotype it. A lot of them are this, you know, I'm not telling you anything. I'm not helping you out. You're my enemy out there, and that's that. And it's it's like, no, you guys are missing the whole point that, of going that out That drives pulling. me up a wall, too, because uh, because you were right there. Pull, pulling was kind of on the way out, and, and yeah, I think this infusion, the, uh, the uh, attractiveness of the diesel trucks, because that's something... You know, I'm I'm a younger guy here, early, well, mid twenties now. But um, you know, a pickup for most people my age, they relate more to a pickup than a tractor because they don't grow up on farms anymore. And 
And I think that's the big shot in the arm that polling needed is it's it's relevant to this younger generation and the shops coming in and now there's parts available. That's huge because, you know, not growing up on a farm, most of these people don't have access to a shop where they can build their own stuff. They got to do it with bolt-ons. And uh, right. And while I think it's a double-edged sword, it, it kind of kills the sport. But at the same, you know, at the same time, that's what's keeping the sport alive. So what are you going to do? And not only that, you know, as a promoter, you are too, Kenny. As is Carl. All three of us are here tonight. But uh, let's face it: not only the diesel trucks, but point blank, the truck slut following, so yeah. to speak, that follows around all the young girls and all their friends and all their buddies and all that are great for a promoter because, let's face it, you know, the following around for an antique tractor class, yeah, you'll have the family there, but that's about it. You know, most people aren't going to come watch. But when the diesel trucks get out there, it's all their buddies and all their girlfriends and the girlfriend's friends. I mean... You get 20, 30 people coming to watch just one vehicle alone. And as a promoter, that's a great, great thing to have because now you're selling food, you're selling beer, you know, you're putting butts in the seat, which makes you look even better. So, yeah, there, there, no, there is absolutely an advantage to having the trucks. But I mean, as far as camaraderie and what the sport was, yeah, it's not the same, but everything does change. And, you know, Obviously, across the continent now, it's about the same. You know, I mean, over in Canada, Carl, you can attest to this. Man. Diesel trucks are not non-existent. Non-existent. There's two oh, really two trucks in Carl's class. There's some people that run over with Farther Ontario truck and tractor pullers just outside Toronto. They have some hot diesel trucks, but nothing at a local level. I mean, you're talking 4.1 trucks, uh, trucks run triples in that class, full cut tires, just a step short of a super stock diesel truck. Um, up north, farther, um, up by Georgian Bay, for those of you who look at Lake Huron, that's kind of the outcropping uh, out to the top there. There is a 2.8 diesel class we got to see. I know you weren't there, Carl, but he ran in Alvinston. And a 2.8 diesel class in the state of Michigan has been gone for five, six years now. You know, everybody split between 2.5 and 2.0 or 3.0. So there are some, but as far as the street legal, you know, there's a gentleman we're going to probably have on the show here in the future for an episode of Hookers and Blow. Uh, Doug Rustin's his name. Yep. And he's he, he comes to Aramate Affair every year, and he goes, it boggles my mind. The money, the time, and effort these kids are dumping into these diesel trucks over in Ontario, those are still just work trucks. You don't put mods on them. That's still to do, haul stuff for the farm. You're not building up to go pulling with them. Well, it's like you said, though, is is they have emissions testing over there. Yeah. So there's only so much they can do until they say, hey, this is just a toy. And, you know, a, a lot of younger guys can't just say, I've got a toy truck. They they need to drive it, and it really it's hurting the sport. But what are you going to do? Right, and I agree. And that's the see. Even in uh, in Utah, the emissions go by county, and they just put uh, restrictions on us in my county. I think it was last year, or two years ago. Fortunately, my first gen is exempt. We're at the ninety one. The cutoff is nineteen ninety five. And there's no emissions testing required on that. Uh, but my 78 Chevy pickup and my 77 Chevy pickup and my 2008 Blazer, uh, yes, there's a pattern here. 
Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> I like it. I like your style. I, I tend to be a Volkswagen guy. Actually, I like all of them. I don't have any brand loyalty when it comes to trucks. It's just I like working on Chevys because they're less expensive. But uh, anyway, all those have to be tested every single year, and neither of them will pass right now. And uh, so it's it's kind of shocked me in the foot until I can figure something out to you know swap in some fuel injection to help uh, bring those into compliance. But but it is having an effect on these guys, and I'm amazed though at how many of these kids in their in. And I'm sorry, I'm 44, so you guys are both in your 20s. I'm calling you kids, but how I know how much money I was making when I was 23 and 24 years old. And these guys will go out and buy an 05 Cummins that they they out here they want a ton of money for them. Yeah, and, they want it here too. And they'll dedicate them. They'll come out and pull. Uh, at the beginning of the season, they'll do three or three or four shows, and uh, they start doing the mods and everything. And I know they're not compliant; they're deleting them and and doing everything they can. And then within, you know, by the end of the season, they've taken out the suspension, and now this is a two six truck that has to be trailered, and they have to go out and buy that other truck. And I can only imagine that the banks are just loving these guys. Oh but, uh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll loan you money on that stuff. And the bank has no freaking idea that they're in there with a torch cutting out the lease. Right. Springs in the back and welding in a, you know, if the, if the bank actually saw what they were doing to those trucks that they're still paying on, uh, they, they'd probably have a come apart. It's like, yeah, we can come repossess this thing. You got a $90,000 truck there, but good luck finding somebody to pay you that for it. Oh, right. As far oh, as yeah. the bank's concerned, that's a that's piece, uh, piece of scrap. Yep. And, you know, maybe that's something, you know, to venture into this here. You know, times have changed. You know, I mean, even 20 years ago, what were you supposed to do when you got out of high school? You either went to college or you found a job or a vocational school and uh, you got married, you had kids, you bought a house, and then you thought about play toys. Right. And nowadays it's I graduated high school. Mommy and daddy, I, I hate to put it this way because I see it a ton. The As we call it, dirty money crew over here. Where mommy and daddy will go spend forty thousand dollars on a pickup truck for you because it makes you feel better and you know you're not going to be so depressed. Yeah. Then you go and dump another fifteen thousand dollars of mommy and daddy's money in it to put the lift on it and the cool stacks and the big tires or the stretch wow. tires or whatever. And but they're not putting anything towards their future. Yeah, they've got forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars in a truck. But they're still living in mom and dad's house. They're up to debt, up to their eyeballs, and they have no way to go buy a house to start their own future. They're going girl to girl to girl. Yeah. You know, it, it, let's face it, you know, ma- modern marriage, I, I'm an oddball. I've been with the same girl for 12 years now and been married for five. And, you know, we didn't have our kid till we've been married two and a half years. So, you know, I, I'm, an, I'm an anomaly nowadays, you know, and I think that's the. That's a cha- one of the things that's changed the sport is you can see the guys go dump the money in the play toys right away, but there's no future in it, and they aren't going to have any longevity in the sport because mommy and daddy's going to pl- pull the plug eventually. Absolutely. Well, they have to. I mean, I <laughs> my my daughter is doing face painting and announcing to be able to save up for a vehicle for herself. I'm going to let her drive my blazer, but I'm like, I get priority. So <laughs> <laughs> something, 
something else breaks down, you might want to start shopping for a radiator pretty quick. But, you know, and it's, I'd, I'd like to help her out. I'd love to spoil her, but I don't want her to think she can go out and blow a bunch of money on on what, in my opinion, are frivolous things. Oh, very. To, uh, you know, but you're right. I mean, that, that's a good point. I never really thought of what we're, uh, I guess we're kind of like drug dealers as promoters, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> we're we're handing out a quick, easy fix for them. They go out, you know, go out to local county fair, point blank, strap on a pecker extension by hooking onto that sled. And you know, we've all seen the meme. We've all seen the meme. I know Charles put it out there on our Facebook page, and it's way back in there. Go through our photos, you'll find it. But you know, it's a picture of a guy in a diesel truck. It goes said, you know, went 178 feet. But it has to drive forty miles an hour off the track like he was a big show, you know, and that that that's what the mentality is boiling down to, you know, is the truck won't run for crap, but you're still the biggest dog in your own mind and it's you know, the the sport is suffering from it a little bit because they're not having to pay their dues. Can I can I say douche bro on air? Oh, absolutely. All right, because I kind of feel like Certain aspects of the sport, that's where it's going. There's there's the hardcore guys who are the wrenchers who want to be there and they want to dial that truck in. And then you have douche bros who just throw money at it, drop it off at some shop, pick it up for the next weekend hook. And they just go out there and go, my truck's the baddest thing around and blah, blah, blah. And the, yeah, they're ruining the dino the sport. sheep pullers. Yeah, they're, they're ruining the sport, but you, you need the numbers, right? You can't turn well, them away. You need the numbers. And that's what it boils down to. And the, the cool part about it, though, is guys that are bringing their uh, their daily drivers, like this pull that we're doing in Vernal, Utah, which is kind of by Colorado. We didn't. It's uh, it's coming up this Friday night. Last year, we didn't have a lot of local pickups show up. And uh, we're hoping that it's a little bit more, but it's just it's kind of fun to be able to get those guys that are still dragging main with their trucks and all this stuff and bragging a place to put their money where their mouth is. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be responsible about it. But that that's what I like to see is the work stock class and these guys coming in and they've never pulled before. And uh, I've seen them come out and demolish their trucks and they're oh, God, their yes. and You know, you're describing I, like my history in pulling right now. <laughs> this is a guy who literally went down the track on three wheels Was in our Two me, years me ago? and my neighbor, Joe, we haven't named that area, but my neighbor, Joe, and me, we both had O1 Duramaxes. And uh, very similar builds in the beginning, and it was going back and forth. Oh, I'm going to beat you this year. I know I'm going to beat you. And one year we did. We put some money down on it, and I got in by 10 feet, and he was all pissed about that. <laughs> then the next year I come out with a bigger turbo, and that's when I drew or uh, blew the drivetrain all apart. Yeah, down the literally track. <laughs> was bouncing the left front tire the entire way down the track, was just bouncing it off the ground. He was getting six-inch air under it. And finally, oh by the God. time it all ends, you took out, what, the front diff? No, the rear axle shaft rear axle first, shafts. and then the front diff said, screw this, I'm not holding all that power on my own, and that let go. I thought and you dropped a drive shaft, too. Yeah. No, you're oh, right, it man. was, it was yeah, the, drive the drive shaft. dropped the drive shaft, then took out the, took the front diff, because he tried limping it off with just the front end, no, and it, she wasn't going was, anywhere. Yeah. Well, what, at 280 feet, it let go, and I rolled to a stop at about the 300 mark. So yeah, yeah. I was still moving Holy pretty good. <laughs> There's video on YouTube of it, Kenny. We'll have to find it and get it to you. It's yeah. it's impressive stupidity, to say the least. Was my truck still one color then, or was that when it was two-tone? No, that was two-tone. Oh, yeah. It still had this... Uh, the, the gold front end the on it? The gold front, front end on it, pewter, yep. 
Good times, good times. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell, while we're talking about YouTube videos, uh, a similar situation in uh, Morgan, Utah. And I think if you if you just search pulling truck fail Morgan, Utah or something, it'll come up. But it's uh, the, an exchange that I had with this kid that he was actually a Dodge, came up and just completely bent the snot out of his tie rod. I mean, bent it into a smiley face. And, <laughs> uh, and, and then also locked up his rear end so bad that we about couldn't get it off the track. And he's out looking at it, and I'm the track announcer, and I'm like, so what do you think, Dean? Do you like, or how do you feel? And uh, he goes, effing awesome, but he didn't say effing. Just full on dropped the F-bomb in one of the most common <laughs> communities in the state of Utah. Was that a, um, was that a white Dodge? Yeah. Yeah, yep. I saw that video, and I'm looking at it on my phone right now. That was a very good video. <laughs> if anybody wants to look it up, that's a great video. <laughs> you have to have you share that, that to the site. Yeah, I'll put page. it on the site. But I mean, that kid couldn't have been more happy to do three grand worth of damage to his truck that night. <laughs> that, that was me. It was hilarious. That was me like three years ago. I, my truck's getting towed off the track, and I'm like, "Well, I guess I'm doing drivetrain before next year." You know, it's funny, Kenny. You bring that up is, uh, you know, I'm sure you've said it at being an announcer doing the Duramax. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Duramaxes have notoriously weak tie rods in them. We'll put the blame directly on independent front suspension. Yeah. It's more than just independent front suspension. It was just cheap, lightweight parts that just can't handle the torque. Well, it's, we'll get technical here. It's the, uh, it has to do a lot with the angles. It's the angles. The angles. It can't handle the angles of having the independent front suspension. So... Literally, you put a truck that's got even a mild build on it, the front wheels start towing in, and it, the, the tie rods actually turn to spaghetti, more or less. They just sit there flapping. And we had a guy last year up in Elkton, the last pull of the season for TTPA, and they we had run all our local classes last just because, like I said, it brings in the truck slot cloud, crowd. Whether it's male, female, there's just a bunch of them that follow everybody around. So you're going to keep them to last. They stay there drinking beer and, you know, eating food and promoter strategies. You know, keeps the crowd there longer. We had a guy with like an 04 Duramax starts getting it on at about the 50 foot mark. She starts towing in bad. So he lets out of it a little bit. It straightens out. Gets right back in. He gets right back in it and it's towing in even worse. I'm sitting here going, this is not going to end good. So, he ba- you know, he's going a little bit. He backs off again. It straightens out. And he gets right back on it again. Finally, he said, screw it. Matt's the damn thing. The front tires did about three or four real quick shimmies. I mean, toe out, toe in, toe out, toe in shimmies. And then just finally snap. Didn't break the tie rods. Just bent them into a U. <laughs> Well, wow. we left it off the track, but Andrew, you weren't there for for the very first hook, the the class I pull in Canada, the street mod class, and uh, very <laughs> first hook. So this is the first hook ever of this class going on, and and it was the Canadian Nick Kulak, who's the uh, who's the guy who pulls with me regularly, and he is gets to be the very first hook of the you know first time this class is making an appearance. And I just met him that night, and I'm talking to him, and he's, you know, my truck's not that special, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, you know, this might be fun. We go out there, and he's just on the line spooling and spooling and spooling. And I'm like, that liar, his truck's all built. 
As soon as he goes to let off the brake, those front two tires pointing at each other so fast. <laughs> Snap! Blew both CV shafts apart, went about three feet. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm good. I'm going to win tonight. <laughs> When we did that, uh, our first pull of Little Little Productions we did in Williston, North Dakota, and uh, we had a guy that actually, uh, maybe he's from Minnesota. I think that's where he's from, but his name is Donnie Peterson. He's pretty well known for uh, pulling uh, international 1066s and at a wide range of classes. Um, and uh, he actually wound up moving. He lived in Salt Lake for a little while after he moved out here and got involved with the United Pullers. And uh, he now lives up in Williston, and he was helping us get to put that event on. And so he built us. He found a, a deposit of bentonite, and I don't know how many belly loads he brought in the bentonite clay to build us a, a pulling track at the stock car. And, and that's the stickiest, hardest track I've ever seen in my life. And uh, granted, you know, I've been looking at a lot of sandy tracks and things, but we we do have some some tracks that are okay out here. But I was blown away, and, uh, of course, we're right in the middle of the oil field, and you got all these guys, same deal, in their 20s, um, and they're uh, making money hand over fist. And so Duramax 2,500 after 2,500 starts lining up, and uh, by the end of the day, we start taking bets on how far they would go. Uh, if you could hear the, the operations radio going on, we're like, all right, I think this one's maybe going to start Pulling at 150 feet, and we pulled out of there that next Monday morning. It looked like a Duramax graveyard. There was a whole lot of noobs to the sport that night. Yeah, and we saw these guys. They were using uh, U bolts with angle iron to try to stiffen them up. They knew. They oh. knew that, that was a weak link. And I mean, all I saw the weirdest modifications that I'd ever seen to a tie rod. Homemade kryptonite uh, kits. <laughs> What's that? Homemade kryptonite kits. Exactly. Sounds like I need to yeah, do some but... targeted marketing at Utah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, that was amazing. Well, and that was the funny thing, too, is every show now, when that happens, I explained that that's probably one of the most affordable reinforcements that you can get now. Everybody's aware of it. So oh, I, between I sleeves and the... manufacturers are making the sleeves that you put over them now, right? Sleeves or it's... Kryptonite or does heavy duties, and uh, what's the other like, one? Uh, well, maybe I'll blow some parts. people's minds here, but uh, one way to get around that is to drop the torsion bars. Yeah. Drop the front of that truck right down. Uh, straighten the CV. You got to straighten out the angles of your CV shafts. You want your truck to sit flat because when it's at that angle, the the torque on your it just it can't take the angle. But if you get the front of your truck lower down so it's pretty flat, your CV shafts are flat. You're, you'll be just well, fine. You know what? And you know I've got uh, friends of mine, uh, Brett and uh, Jenny Erickson. Actually, Brett Clark and Jenny Erickson. But we gave give them hers last name because it just sounds better. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But no, I've gone to pulls with them over on the west side, and they've come over here to us, and they've got like a late '90s big block Chevy, and uh, mm-hmm. they also have uh, Lilith her truck, which is a newer, uh, I believe an LLY. I can't remember for certain. Jenny's truck. Jenny. Yeah, I believe that's an LLY. LLY, uh, Duramax. And they always carry a floor jack with them and a snap-on electric impact. And the first thing they do, they get to the pole is literally one's towing the other end, 
is they jack it up and they back them torsions off, you know, till it's actually back completely off. There's actually no weight on the torsion, no no pressure on the torsion bars. Just so you get them better driveline angles. And one to look at right now is Tony Burkhard with the cheap hooker. That truck, the front end is actually bowed back the opposite way from the start line. And uh, another one that does that is Rocky Bouveret. Yep. And uh, so that way when they do launch and that front end comes up, it's not putting any stress on them angles. It's actually a straight, so more or less a straight axle. Right, they're starting with a negative angle. Yeah. And you see that a lot in the drag world. Yep. I'll be dinged. See, I didn't. That's. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I knew, like I say, they're. And of course, you know, being a promoter, I want these guys to sponsor us too. So I plug their products every chance I get. With because it's BD, I think they're building one or, or whatever, and I I wind up having those guys at the events a lot. Yeah. So, but that's that's cool. But there's a, a quick fix to it that that you can actually. Swap out. I wonder how many tech guys are letting these guys in on it, or if they just like to none. Watch the car. none. That's that's the part none. of the other truck world that we talked about earlier. Is everybody thinks their their truck is the well, what's the word at top of the line, and no, everything's a secret. You can't tell anybody. And I say, I say, screw that. I want the sport to thrive. I want people to know. You know, here's a well, here's a simple step. You make your what? truck reliable, so you can make more hooks. And as an announcer, nothing gets a crowd going more than broken parts. And let's face it, Kenny, right. you've been there and done that. What's a better class to get some broken parts than a damn street legal class where, oh, I just put brand new U-joints in it. Well, I'm sure they weren't <laughs> yeah. good quality ones. You went to AutoZone and got the cheapest ones you can. So let's see how far you can make it before you wrap that drive shaft like a pretzel. Was that a uh, was that a greasable U-joint or was that a non-greasable? Non-greasable. I don't own a grease gun. I mean, come on. It gets well, daddy's garage dirty. It, non-greasable. Non-greasable is where it's at. I'll tell you that right now. Yep. yep. The good uh, spicers. Yep, yep. If it's if okay, you know this isn't my personal experience. This is what you hear around around the table. But uh, if it's drilled for that greaser, that's the weak point. That's what's going to let it flex. That's what's going to ruin it. So you got to go with greaser. Actually, makes a ton of sense. Now. Yep. Solid versus uh, hollow. Because I mean, let's face it. It's gonna ha- it's gonna be hollow board all the way through it. Yep. You know, so there's less material there to actually hold the strength where you need it. But, no, uh, we had a guy just this past weekend up in Peck. And as an announcer, Kenny, you always got to look for them great times to drop in a ad or something. And we had a guy from all the way up in Petoskey, Michigan, came down, pulled a street legal truck. And he got about the 250-foot mark, and he wrapped that drive shaft like like a pretzel so tight it actually pulled the front yoke out of the transmission it didn't break the u-joint it just twisted so hard it backed the entire yoke out of the transmission (laughs) slip joint so so my smart alecness there's a company down just south of us here right next to Derek rose's shop uh called cci driveline and you need a drive shaft made they're the guys to go to they can knock it out within a day or two. Anything you want. Aluminum, steel, you know, balanced, everything balanced perfectly. They're the guys you really to deal with. Free plug for CCI. That's what's on my truck. Yep. I mean, they're, they're a great company. 
And uh, so the guy wraps his drive shaft around. My smart mouth couldn't hold it back. And I go, and this class brought to you by CCI Driveline. <laughs> Your spot for all performance drive shaft needs. Steel or aluminum, they can do it all. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You know, I can't you... remember what the town was. that, uh, And I never actually worked it into a situation on the track, but there was many that I could have. And uh, we had the local gynecologist that wanted to be a part of the show. And oh, dear that's God. That's a little different. <laughs> yeah. And tell me that didn't take a little restraint. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> oh, I got jokes of flying in my head Bigger, right small, now. we explore them all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was thinking more of a joke related to the people in the stands with their truck in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe you should go see Dr. whatever his name was. <laughs> it was her. I can't remember. But, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of weird sponsors. <laughs> oh, we've had some different ones. Hold on. You Rounds around the table. <laughs> You're doing awesome! Oh, God. So maybe we should get to the actual topic of the night. What was that again? Something about uh, the different types of dirt all around the world. Well, we got no of that. Because, I mean, let's fi- you know, it's been said many times, especially compared to Ontario to here. We have some really good clay tracks here. We got some tracks that will find every weak part you have mm-hmm. in your vehicle. And over in Canada, and it's been admitted by many of the promoters in the club themselves, that the track quality is just not there. They're, they're working but, on it. They're getting some but better. But At the same time, though, I wouldn't always say they're bad tracks. They're, no. They're different tracks. They're different. They are different. And some of them, I actually think, they actually bite harder than what's here in Michigan and, like, if, you know, you might pull all year here in Michigan and you'll be just fine and you can go to one hook in Canada and you'll tear your truck apart because them tracks hit like a wall. They're hard. And, I mean, Kenny, you get to see a lot of different tracks, I mean, covering multiple states. I mean, what is it like out there? I mean, the track we saw at UCC, the guys here from Michigan go, they weren't too impressed with it. But then again, they did have heavy rains and things like that to deal with, too. Yeah, and you know, on that, uh, I got to be really careful here because everybody involved with that stuff are are friends of mine. Why they didn't ask, I I don't know. <laughs> but uh, with uh, you know a lot of the diesel world folks, we we work with them, and uh, and then ultimately, uh, Custom Auto was the owns the dyno, the main dyno that was. Uh, involved with that, and they were kind of the ones behind, uh, I think, contacting Diesel World to put that on. It's what I've heard through the grapevine is is accurate, and of all the places to do that, they do have a pull out there, but I think they've only done one one or two times. But again, the soil out there is, uh, I don't even know if you're familiar with alkali, and, and well, you've been to Wyoming, uh, you know where the sagebrush is growing up and everything, Andrew, yeah, that you... Yeah. Uh, out through Douglas and and those kind of places, um, that's that's what it is, and it's almost uh, in a word, it almost feels greasy if you were to reach down and pick it up and and get a hold of it. And it, but it's got a very high sandy content to it, and with the right amount of moisture, 
And Dan Christianity proved this with what they were pulling on when the PPL came out to Arizona. Uh, the track was very loose the first day, but he figured out just the right amount of moisture, the right amount of weight to pack it with, and, and he made a track that they could hook on. Uh, but granted, it needed constant uh, supervision, for lack a lot of, of a better term. But that, that was a similar type of soil. And so, uh, But by the same token, with all that horsepower, too, uh, if it was a hard clay track that, uh, and granted, I realized that a drag racing setup, you have to have good U-joints and all that stuff, too, because you're launching off pavement. But adding that 30,000-pound sled to just a takeoff, if it was a hard clay track, there might have been a lot more carnage taken off. So, I mean, I maybe that was part of the decision-making process, but there are a lot of areas in the Salt Lake area that we have built good tracks that have have a clay foundation to them, uh, the Utah State Fairgrounds, for instance, if they'd have peeled that down a little bit, they could have got a more consistent and a little better hooking track. So I'm not 100% sure why they chose to go to Tooele out there where uh, where it was as much alkali as there is in there. But, uh, you know, we do – well, the big thing out here is we wind up pulling in rodeo arenas. There's, uh, to my knowledge, one dedicated pulling track – and that's in Sublimity, Oregon. Uh, other than that, I am not familiar with the track that is set up exclusively for pulling. That's all it gets used for. We're usually peeling dirt off of a rodeo arena or a, a horse racing track in order to put on an event. And uh, they vary from, from place to place. And here again, it comes down to, fortunately, you, you better have a farmer on your track building crew because he's going to understand how much moisture to put into it and uh, so that he doesn't overdo it. So when the sun starts to go down and that moisture starts to come back up, it doesn't turn into an ice skating rink. Uh, but for the most part, uh, well, a good example, when uh, Skyler took his two-wheel drive supermod down six feet of Wild Horse Pass, we're sitting here looking at his truck, and he's got most of his weight, his biggest weight, is over the rear axle. And I'm going down the line, and I'm looking at... Uh, 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 all of the other tracks, uh, trucks, full throttle and uh, riding dirty and. Uh, Ooh, I do. I do like full throttle, that. but they, that's for they, a they specific didn't even have reason. A place to put weight over the rear axle. Yeah. And so that's where Skyler we thought had the advantage, and of course he blows the blower belt, does damage to the reverser, which we didn't realize until the next day. But we're like, man, Skyler's going to go down there and he's going to beat these guys because he can accommodate that track. And, of course, something's going to go. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so it, it just varies and it's knowing what you're doing. But every once in a while we will find some clay, uh, especially getting up further to the northeast. And Tulare, California, I don't know if they've hauled in clay out there or what they've done, but that is probably – uh, in the West, one of the better hooking tracks uh, that, that would actually accommodate pullers from the from the Midwest. Yeah, because you bring up the super mod class, and that's a really good one to bring up. Is over here? I mean, there are some guys who do have uh, weight bracket to the back, but the bulk of the class is bulk of the members of the class. All their weights hung out on that nose to counteract it, because we have some tough biting clay tracks that have. I hate to put it this way, the pulling really has evolved out of the Midwest is where it got, you know, got a lot of its origin. You know, so we've got a little more track building experience. I I venture to say 
over here. Definitely. So and, and like you said, dedicated pulling tracks. That's the biggest thing. You know, if you're ripping up a track every year to put it back down so you can go do barrel racing or team roping or things like that, you're never going to have a consistent base to pull on because guess what? It's not the same soil there as it was a year prior. But as right. far, you know, over here, everything's hung out on the nose on the super mods just because they need every ounce they can on the front because that sled's definitely going to hold them back and that clay's pulling hard. Well, it's also, I, I would say that's a regional aspect there is that here in Michigan, you know, a lot of arenas aren't built around rodeos and stuff. It's it's no. all motorsports. We've got bump and run races and figure eights. And so a big clay surface between some grandstands is pretty easy to find around here. I mean, actually, we have the exact opposite. The only real rodeo, I mean, the St. Clair County 4-H and Youth Fair just down the road from us here, they do a rodeo. But it's not the sense of a rodeo like you would have Kenny out there. I mean, yeah, there's some bull riding, things like that. But, I mean, it's not to the extent of what you guys have out west. And like Armada, the pull we always go back to, you know, their main setting, it is a grandstand setting with a 300-foot strip of clay there. And they do bump and run uh, derby cars. They do figure eights. Monster trucks. Monster trucks. And they also do a rodeo, but the rodeo is a side thought. Yeah, it's very minor right. in their show. It's only, uh, actually, it, it's kind of been going in and out. Sometimes they do it. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they, don't. they don't. So, I mean, so they're hauling sand in to make the, at least allow the horses some sort of chance so they don't get injured. But, I mean, it, it, over here, it's a non existent thing. I mean, the town I live in, Smith, grew up in Smith's Creek, just so Smith's Creek, according to most people, but live out it's here at Smith's, Smith's Creek. Creek. But uh, <laughs> I'm a member of the American Legion Post. We've talked about it before. We're not a member, but I am very involved with them. This town has maybe 500 people in it. We've got a dedicated pulling track. That's normal around here. You know, wow. Um, a town, yeah. what, six miles to wow. the west. Um, you could say the same about Burville. Yeah, that, that's, Burville a, that's a town of one. about 500 people, maybe, and we've got grandstands in a. Well, ours is about a thousand foot long straightaway between some guardrails. So, yeah, I mean, you go out a town between here between Burville and Smith Creek, uh, town of Memphis. They have a dedicated pulling track. Not a good one, but it's a, it's a good. <laughs> it, it, no, that can be a very good track if it's put together right. That is a very good track. You know, around here you don't have dedicated riding arenas, even for barrel racings or racing or things like that. You know, a lot of the four H fairs, it's a track for the motorsports. Well, and that's the funny part is, so the city that I'm in right now, uh, Cedar City, they've got a big indoor arena, which is pretty much set up for rodeos, and you can do. I I just got told they did a monster truck show here in. I think it was February, but it was kind of tough to accommodate it. And then uh, 20 miles away from here is where I'm actually down here trying to sell sponsorships for our monster truck show, which is the county uh, rodeo grounds or fairgrounds for this area. And it has a rodeo arena, which I was uh, pretty fascinated today. After we brought the, uh, the monster trucks in last year, a lot of the locals wanted to do some mud racing and some tough truck stuff on their own. And uh, when I drove by the rodeo grounds today, they're taking out a huge section to completely open up one end of the rodeo arena to be able to accommodate more different type of, of uh, sports in the arena, not just rodeo. 
So, and I think they do one or two rodeos a year. Uh, <clears throat> but there will be every town from here to my house, which I'm uh, six hours away from, every 25 to 50 miles will have a rodeo arena in it, every city. And uh, It's basically one in every and, county. Yeah. And one of the big challenges that we're running into is with the, the PRCA, the Pro Rodeo Cowboys Association, you can actually win an award for your dirt in your arena. So you win wow. an award for rodeo dirt. So trying to go into those places and say, we'd like to peel all that up and move it off to the side so we can run trucks and tractors down it. Oh, you and might as well be the Antichrist. Place. What's that? I said you're basically the Antichrist. Oh, big time. And and that's one of the reasons that they were kind of happy that I got involved in the sport of truck and tractor pulling is because when we go talk to these fair boards, I put my cowboy hat on and I can speak the language and I can tell them that, yeah, you know what, we'll we'll do this and bring it back. I get it. I understand rodeo dirt. I'll, uh, I'll explain it to these guys, but they think that they can't. Uh, we've, we've been to a couple places that they banned motorsports in the arena because they invested thousands and thousands of dollars in this particular mixture of sand and and loam and all these other things to get this perfect rodeo dirt. And the problem is they spend that money, but guess what? The rodeo is dwindling. And so it's like, we've got to get something else in this arena that paid for it. Right. And it always winds up being freestyle moto monster trucks. Uh, sometimes it's demolition derbies, but, uh, a lot of those arenas that, that have been exclusively, uh, equestrian type sports, are not paying the bills. And so that that's the one part of it that's opening up a little bit here. But we don't have, in Utah in particular, we don't have near the motorsports part. I think probably within 150 miles of me right now, there may be two uh, dirt tracks for stock car racing. Uh, and there's not one in my hometown. The closest one is in Salt Lake City, which is 80 miles away. Uh, but yet I go up to Idaho Falls where our, our headquarters is basically and within 50 miles there's two different dirt tracks up there so it's I don't know Utah and the western U.S. is a very unique still still very much the wild west and uh, a lot fewer motorsports type tracks but I think they're starting to come around to it and uh, I said it in my in my podcast Monday night that uh, I've seen a lot more rodeo committees. It's actually, and they're proud of it now. Uh, but out in California, the Max Cackle and MLM uh, Motorsports out there are, at flat says, it's the such and such rodeo truck and tractor pull. So they're putting on truck and tractor pulls to help fund and to be able to continue to put on their rodeo. So there is a little change in the wind there. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess that has to do a lot with just the heritage. I mean, we go over, back over to Canada, and you don't even hear about demolition derbies or figure eights at the the festivals is what they call them over there more. It's, you know, not like a fair. They are the fairs, but, you know, they're festivals, and, you know, over here we'll have a fair queen. No, there's the, you know, fair ambassador, things like that. But, you know... The big motorsport for the weekend is the tractor pull over there. It's not a bump and run. It's not a demolition derby. 
it's it's the tractor pull and that's it you know so you get a good crowd filling their beer gardens they don't yep. no beer tents beer Which, gardens sidetracked yeah a few episodes back might have been quite a while back you guys were asking what is a beer garden a beer garden is literally a keg with a tap and a snow fence around it. That's all you need for a beer yeah. garden. <laughs> that's the difference between a beer garden and a beer tent. Oh, okay. Well, snow yeah, fence. that's what they call them in uh, in Utah too. If you have a beer section, it's a beer garden. That somehow it makes it more Mormon friendly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh boy! I don't understand it, but that's what they call it. Hey, whatever. Call it drunk section. I don't care. As long as there's cold <laughs> yeah, beer. Just show me where it is. Yeah. That's all. I don't care what you call it. I just need to know where it is. <laughs> Point me to the nearest tap. <laughs> but, uh, you know, talking about the, the big bear tent that you guys have at Armada, I think it must be the same one that they have at Sublimity, Oregon. Because you could, I, I'm pretty sure you could play a college football game in the beer tent. Oh, yeah. Sublimity. Yep. Yeah, but they they don't have monkey grinder. Nope, they don't have monkey grinder. And for those of you not from Michigan, it's monkey grinder is a uh, garage band more or less. Yeah, I mean they're about as famous as a non-famous band can be. They play all the fairs and all the big events all around here and out of the state, and but they're just they're they're a cover band. They're and actually they're, and they're a cover awesome. band. But one of the original founding members of Monkey Grinder was. Uh, Darren McCarty, wasn't it, of uh, the Detroit Red Wings? I did not know that. That was his band, was the Monkey Grinder. So, uh, you know, of course, Motor City, Hockey Town, USA, right here in Michigan. You know, that's always got something. But, I mean, great band, always puts on a good show. It packs the beer tent. And, you know, you know the people who've been to Armada when you go, hey, Monkey Grinder, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, because get drunk. Sit there after the Saturday night Saturday night session before we go back to the pits and uh, get into deep uh, discussions on polling and our theories and prophecies. I don't know about how deep they are. They're usually pretty off topic. It's and, pretty alcohol-induced. And pretty incoherent by. at that point. <laughs> but, uh, Everybody there thinks I they're met, pretty deep. Yeah, yeah. First time I met this guy was after the Armada beard tent back in the pits talking polling. That barely, was a good time. Barely stay standing. But. Yeah, I walked to my trailer that night. Well, and Skyler's dad swears that uh, once upon a time the security team of the Sublimity beard tent was armed with syringes with something in it that if you got out of line they'd walk up stick you in the neck and drag you out of there really we that at armada yeah he, he will swear up and down like i don't think they could get away with that but you know they've been pulling there that's a the sublimity poll is going on year 42 this year 43 See, it's rare that. to even see a cop walking through the beer tent because actually, no, they the just stand people, at the door and ID you. Yeah, for the amount of people they actually have in there, it, knock on wood, there's not room for cops. There's no, well, there's no rooms, <laughs> but you know what? Your elbows to assholes in there, but the fights aren't there. No, everybody there, gets along. I I can't think of a single fight in no. the past four or five years I've been going to that beer tent. Never been a fight, which is surprising because you can't. Like you, you wait in line for like three minutes to get a pitcher of beer, and you make 
20 steps and you've bumped into someone and spilt half the pitcher. So yeah, I'm surprised it, there aren't more fights. You know, it's you know, it's amazing. I mean, literally what, Carl, there's probably what, 20 plus 20, 30 beer taps at yeah. one point in time. No, yeah, the, the they beer got tap three booths bar just is, selling yeah. tickets. It's about two, three hundred feet long, just yeah, the bar. Just the bar. So you can get in each bartender's got a beer tap. The secret is to go to either end. For yes. some reason, those always move the you fastest. You go to the ends. But uh, they literally have two 53-foot semi-trailers just filled with kegs. Wow. But when I get to go to the private tapping pack, ooh, that's where the party's really at. Yep. But, uh, no, I mean, it's a great setting. I mean, not one well, of the nice parts is, is I loved the time period when girls were loving tube tops. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Who didn't? Because, yeah. yeah, we aren't completely a family program, but there's a local bar up here called the Angry Bull. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of as close to country as you can make a steakhouse. I would say that is, yeah, that's a very, it's very a well dressed country. up hillbilly bar. Yeah, it's a city country bar. It's where all the city folk want to go when they want to act country. Yeah. yeah I'm going to put my flannel on tonight. Yeah, that's about it. I've never even been in there. I have no urge to go in there. But they have a mechanical bowl they have for their events. And uh, up until this past year when they had some, like, ultimate gladiator thing that was completely pointless, and but they always had the mechanical bowl in there. You know how, oh, I, yeah. you know how I really got to know the Rustins? Oh, do and tell. I, oh, man. I hope, they're sti- I hope they still listen to the show. <laughs> so the Rustins I hope our three listeners are still with us. Yeah, okay. Well, so the Rustins had come over to Armada for one year, and... Uh, some point in the night, I don't know how exactly it happened, I ended up on the mechanical bowl between Jody and Kelsey with oh Dougie boy. standing right there watching his uh, <laughs> his wife and his stepdaughter, and here I am sitting between them on a mechanical bowl. <laughs> you know what? I think he had the biggest smile on his face, too. He was all about it. I went on there one year, and somehow I ended up losing a pack of cigarettes on it, and... Anybody who knows me, by the way, what? That is a Chris Ledoux song, by the way. Yeah, called Rewrite. Yes, yes. I know my wife's going. You should know that right now. My wife going. You you should know that right now. You come on, it's Chris Ledoux. You should be knowing that. Leave it to the guy with the good voice to know that. You you know. (laughs) I can't believe you. Uh, but, I, I need to fly you guys out here because mechanical bulls are fun. Actually, so I was gonna say, uh, what you, what kind of classes for diesel pickups, street legal diesel pickups you got out there? Because I'd love to come out oh. there with my truck. We're trying to, uh, we're we do a two five class, and we're we're trying to just stay bloop, bloop, bloop. as far as little little goes. We're we're trying to stay with what the rest of the country is as consistent as possible with doing, which is really hard because there really isn't a consistent between you know from county to county. It changes out here. We have two five, uh, two six, and which is all the PPO and three zero, and then super super stock. Does your two does does two six allow dual rear uh, dualies to run in it? Well, two six is a dual rear wheel class. Okay. What's the horsepower range for that class? About 1,300 horse. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When you're a box stock S300 series turbo, you're not going to run up against a true 2.6 diesel truck. 
Considering I, they okay. just went to drop box reverse and right, also castrated back the turbos this year. I'll, I'll bring you up to speed. The the class I founded in, in Canada, the street modified class. It's, All right, uh, everybody take a drink. Yep, take a drink. I called it my class. Sidetrack drinking it. game. Um, it's uh, it's street legal, must full interior, all that stuff. But uh, weight brackets allowed. Uh, and then besides that, you have to run an an S three sixty six turbo or a, a stock modified charger up to a two point five inlet. And so it's pretty basic turbo rules, and that's about it. And the yeah. horse, you know, it's it's a six to seven hundred horsepower range class. It's aimed at people to get started into the sport which is ironic since I do it in Canada where nobody modifies their truck. But anyways... Yeah, you didn't think that through. Yeah. Well, it's the only place I could go to start a class. So. <laughs> um, I mean, is there anything out there in your guys' state along those Basically lines? Basically, like a work-stop class. Yeah, that's, that's almost... That's very close to what our 2.5 class is. Okay, because um, here 2.5 wow. is like a 1,000 so horse a, or more. So you have a weight bracket? Yes. yes I have a, not a so box. You, I have a weight bracket. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we allow we do allow you to hang weights in this class, but you but you can't have the box. Yeah. So I've seen guys build uh, little receiver hitch type things that they can go in there, and they have to obviously just like I think anybody else in the country, if if those weights leave your truck anywhere on the track, then you're disqualified. But, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know they just have to be secured. And, yeah, I've and, I've uh, got a some. great big Chevy logo that goes into the front of my truck on two. Kenny, I will send you pictures of the Duramac. Me and him are connected on Facebook right now, so all he has to do is go look at some pictures. Yeah, it's special. (laughs) Special is a good word. I'll take special. It's it's special. (laughs) (laughs) No, the amount of fab work and time and effort you've put into it, you've done a great job with it. It's different. But it is one of a kind. It is the Johnny Cash special, more or less, <laughs> just with the looks of it. It's called the Duramac for a reason. Yep, it's not a Duramax. It's a Duramac. And uh, I got to give them credit. They spot, I, I got a coat from them guys, a really, really nice coat this year for me so to wear to the polls. So, But, yeah, that's uh, – and you know what, Kenny? I might be able to get out there sometime depending on finances because, well – those yeah. who don't know, I just put in my two weeks of notice at work uh, today. Wednesday, we record for Thursday. But uh, to go uh, kind of live the dream and uh, spend the summer announcing, and you know what? Maybe Utah me- needs to be on the books. I'll tell you Heck what. Yeah. Kenny, I'll hook up with you after the show here, and uh, if I can find a poll out there that my truck is legal for, or even if it's just some kind of local class, I would love to make a trip sure. out there. Man, that is sexy. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm looking at it now. It kind of, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm a Mopar guy. I'm, I'm an everything guy. I'm, actually, I'm an everything guy, too. I don't know what you'd call me, but uh, I'm a big fan of the Little Red Wagon. And yeah. actually, it's, it's like the Chevy version of the Little Red Wagon right there. Well, the thing is, I used to joke so much that because uh, I drive semis, and that's how I got my start. And uh, I used to joke so much with my buddies that I was going to build a miniature semi out of a pickup. And after a while, I felt like I was a liar if I didn't do it. And so I just kind of did it. And that's where the <laughs> truck started. That is cool. I it, like it. I'm, I'm a, into that stuff. It's a wicked little I truck. I, now, oh, you uh, might be a Little Red Express guy, guy Tony. Or not Tony. I can't even talk to you. Kenny. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a Warlock guy. Has. I'm a Warlock. I'd rather have a Warlock. Really? Yep. A real one? 
I'd like, rather have a Warlock than a Little Red Express truck. No shit. I no. think I would take a Little Red Express. Yeah, uh, I would either. I don't have either of those. I, I know I within where we're sitting right now of uh, probably close to a dozen Little Red Express trucks. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, Give me yep. one. I'll put a Cummins in it, and we'll make yep. a 2.5 truck. It's one sitting down in Richmond. There's, there's one out here. Oh, I want to say it's in Colorado. It's a drag truck. Uh, it was in Diesel Power Magazine. But yep. Oh, I read that I whole article. Very, I read that whole article. It's a nice, very nice truck. Actually, the Little Red Express yeah. truck for the longest time was the world's fastest production uh, truck, and it could have gone faster, but the problem was it got too late on the front end when they were going down because the square body and the front end wanted to come up, and they wrecked a couple of them trying to see how fast the damn things would go. <laughs> That's something I'll else. I'll be going ahead. See, that truck, actually, I found out was in a movie, too, that diesel one. Oh, really? Uh, it's on Netflix. I have to see what I... Yeah, I can't remember what movie it was, but yeah, he's right. It did make a role in a movie. Oh, you're going to have to give me that name because now you have my attention. Because don't worry, I like the Little Red Express truck. The 78s look better, or 79s look better than the 78s. I like the square headlights versus the round. And this is and a Chevy guy. And... thing that they had? What? The, 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 that interesting... Actually, I think maybe both of them had the same hood, didn't they? They both had or the The only difference between the 78s and the 79s was the headlights. The 78s had the round headlights. And the 78s are actually rarer than the 79s, which had the square okay. headlights. Don't ask. Uh, I'll, I'll well, fill you in sometime so, on Andrew's random automotive history no. facts. <laughs> and, I've, I've got my first gen, and granted, it's only painted in epoxy primer because I'm can't decide what I want the final color to be, but yes, I'm a redneck. Uh, <laughs> Dave Fultz territory there. <laughs> amen. But it is uh, it actually has a macho paint job on it. So you guys are familiar with the Dodge Macho? Yep. Just that, that uh, trim line that they came out with, and uh, I thought about painting it as a replica of the Simon and Simon one that was on that TV show. You but, should. God, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be different. Ah. So, anyway. Now we, wow, we lived up to the name. Charles will be proud. He totally got sidetracked. Well, he's the, the one who didn't want to be here today, so the Armstead and Cross show's taking off pretty good. I think we're going to actually have to push big words off to the side, you know. Why? Well, I am big words for the yeah, night. Yeah, you are big words for the <laughs> night. He's got to you got to work on your vocabulary a little yeah, bit. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time to get one of those there's a little, there's you need a, to get one of those word a day calendars. There's a little bit of showtime <laughs> left. You know, I can still fit in some big words for the night. Oh boy. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's cool, Kenny, you know, getting to talk with you. I enjoy talking with you just because well, we've got a lot in common, but just hearing the difference between pulling out there versus over here, where you know, literally our towns that we have pulls and you know, our we started our point season here in Michigan at Peck uh this past Friday. And literally two weeks later, we are 10 miles down the road in Croswell. And then after that, we're 10 miles north of there in Carsonville. You know, <laughs> and we have a pull 10 miles from there in Sandusky and 10 miles from there in Deckerville and 20 miles from there in Ubley or 10 miles from there in Minden City. And then, yeah, another 10 miles to Ubley. I mean, you can go from the 
just right at the bottom of the lake here on all the way up to the tip of the thumb. Just following tractor pulls throughout the season. You know, it's it's that tight. I mean, we do bounce around different places. Actually, we have a pull this season in uh, Wayne County, Michigan. And you might not know the name Wayne County. but it's Detroit. Uh, yeah, there's a little town in there called Detroit. <laughs> yeah, we're pulling oh, in Belleville, Michigan. Which, oh, yes, Detroit style. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be really good. Uh, we're, I'm going to get my uh, teeth uh, grilled, I think. Is that what they call it? Grill? Okay, I'm getting nods. I don't know. I, I think we just became unfriends. <laughs> well, I'm supposed to go down there and announce it, and I want to somewhat fit in. Go on and make me a grill. <laughs> you know, we are. Li- and now we're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> we are about from from Belleville to Detroit proper is only about fifteen twenty miles, so oh, it's wow. gonna be. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I never thought I'd see. We used to pull there in the past with a truck club, but now we're coming down there with tractors and the whole nine yards, and I have this really, really bad vision that we're going to take a break or something in the middle of the program and come back. The sled's going to be up on concrete blocks with the simulators gone. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm a little worried, too. But then again, we also do pull in Flint, Michigan, which I th- I don't know what we're going to do use for water this year, considering the water crisis they have. I mean, is there an advantage to having lead in the track? Yeah, track will be heavier. <laughs> what can it hurt, really? <laughs> well, according to some people, I guess it hurts a lot to be drinking lead, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> now, what about the air what? quality as that track dries out? Yeah. Oh, there's a good point. Them particles become airborne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, he's filling in, fitting in for big words just fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just give him a reason. That's all we need. The EPA listen to this and go, oh, yeah, you can't have a pull and flint. I wish I'd have never opened my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I would require someone to listen to the show. <laughs> That's true. Thanks, yeah. Obama. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no more tractor pulls in Michigan. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> You know the scary part is, is that we're talking to a guy from Utah who actually knows about the Flint water crisis, and that's oh, just that's, pathetic that's, and scary. That's global. It's global. I've oh, everybody knows about it. It's, yeah. And what the mayor goes and calls for the. I can't remember. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Let's stay away from it. Because oh yeah, they want the governor to resign, and and I think it's not his fault. I think there's about a hundred underlings. Political. Under- we don't get political on this show, Kyle. Right, I'm so done. I'll stop there. We'll leave it there. But you know, it's a mess <laughs> to say the least. Get political. It, oh, we very easily could. <laughs> oh God, maybe we'll get. Maybe we can pull in the Rush Limbaugh and. Uh, if there's two things I can talk about for hours on end, it's tractor pulling and politics. We, we can get the Rush Limbaugh and uh, Howard Stern crowd coming in to listen to us, and that'll be yeah. that'll be just perfect. Go. We'll double our numbers to like seven. It'll be great. I don't know if we can afford to pay that many people to listen. Which reminds me, guys, those who are listening, um, the checks are in the mail. Um, you actually should be able to cash them on Friday. But uh, it's the first five that get to the bank that should be able to cash yeah. them. So, yeah. <laughs> if you're not going to make it to the rubber. bank Friday morning, you might want to wait until Tuesday. <laughs> 
So, as always with it, we're going to wind up our interview with you, Kenny, but or not even an interview, just our third host for the night. And Kinda, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. But all right, as we do always, I know you've listened to the show, Legends and Heroes, buddy. Who do you got? You know, uh, man, that list is long, so I'm going to have to come on and uh, again. We got 12 minutes. Get her going. I, I, my number one hero, as far as pulling goes, uh, has got to be Alan Gang with the Orange Blossom special. I had the toys. I used to lay on the living room floor and watch him uh, go up and down the track with Army Armstead and which Krieger announcing. Army Armstrong. I know right you there. said Armstead there, but I wish I was related to that guy. <laughs> which one? You said Army Armstead. I wish I was related oh, to the guys. Oh, Army Armstrong. Well, <laughs> hey, at least I didn't come on the show sober. Uh, Army <laughs> Armstrong. I apologize for that. To Army. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Dan. I, I just paid you a compliment, all right? That's, oh, I'll, I'll take being compared uh, with him any day of the week. <laughs> but, uh, no, just that, you know, he was an innovator, and he, he stuck his toe in the, the monster truck world, or I guess monster tank world. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was probably the one that got me following pulling at an early age, and that's why I bought the Stomper pulling sled is because I'd seen Alan Gaines go down the track in Orange Blossom Special, and I built uh, took an old Dukes of Hazard model and a Bigfoot model and put the Bigfoot tires on the back of the Dukes of Hazard model, painted it black, found some Budweiser decals, uh, and did I mention I was twelve? America. So. <laughs> but uh yeah he was he was the one that, that got me interested in the sport uh, it was alan Gaines, and i hope uh i don't know i just hope our paths cross one of these days yeah i hope so that's one truck i would love i never got to see i know carl you didn't get to see it either we're just you nope. know a little bit of difference in age and yeah by that point the the stretch frame mods were gone by yep. the time we got into it you know the altered wheelbase is non-existent now. Yep, exactly, and that's that, that's the thing. And then uh, another truck that I just found out a couple minutes ago that I'm probably going to get to see this weekend is uh, it was driven by a woman, and it was uh, I want to say her name was Kathy Baker, maybe. Shoot, I can't remember, but anyway, the truck's called Pete's Dragon. It actually competed at the farm show, but. Uh, yeah, I, I and know the name in uh, in Idaho, and uh, it wound up in Washington, and it sounds like it's coming uh, to Vernal this weekend under under different ownership, obviously, but and probably a different name and a different paint job, but yeah. So those are just a couple that they'll let you do your do your homework. But I got a lot more heroes and a lot more legends to talk about, but we won't uh, won't take up too much more time. Well. We'll get redlined another another time. How's that? I like it. I like it a lot. And while you're on it, you know we've we talk about sidetrack productions, but you know what? Let, let's give Skyler a plug for uh, live a little. Uh, tell us about you guys and what you got going on, because uh, I know uh, sidetracked and live a little are uh, getting to be good friends. So uh, why don't you give a shameless plug here for a. Well, I appreciate that very much. Little Little Productions is a, we like to call ourselves an event management company, and we're 
working on becoming the big box store for, with the exception of quality in every box, uh, for anything that you need. If you need an announcer, uh, you call us and we can send you out a good one. If you want a turnkey operation, we'll, we'll come in under our own name. Or if you want, you know, it to be your production, we'll, we'll come in and do that. Uh, we do concessions, silkscreen, uh, t-shirts, uh, all that stuff, and we're getting into the sound. We're actually producing our first concert on July 8th. Uh, check out Royal Bliss. Uh, that's the band that we're bringing in. And uh, so, yeah, we're just kind of anything that you need. But we were, were born of a pulling crowd. That's, that's where we came from. That's how uh, we got involved in this and wanted to start doing it. But uh, we've got a big schedule. Check us out at livelittleproductions.com. And uh, find us on Facebook with the Monster Truck Insanity Tour, the Western Grand National Pulling Series. Uh, and a bunch of other special events that uh, some are motorsports related, some aren't. But yeah, a little bit of a little bit of everything. Well, not only that, Kenny. I mean, I think we get to hear your voice a couple other nights during the week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, and the it's the the full cast live, obviously, which hasn't had anything. I finally went through the schedule of every association. That, uh, that we've worked with on the Western, uh, in the Western United States. Uh, there's, there's probably some out there that I wasn't familiar with, and to them I apologize, but I tried to get the whole uh, polling schedule going on uh, on the podcast live last Monday night. And then on Sundays on the Polling Radio Network, you can check out It's About Men, which is kind of my deviation to other stuff that I like to do. Uh, I'm kind of into the, the preparedness stuff, but I'm not a doomsdayer. I don't think that the economy is going to collapse and the whole world is going to come to an end, but I like being ready if there's a blizzard uh, or if, uh, say, you get water, uh, lead contamination in your water. I like being prepared <laughs> for those kind of things. And, uh, Ooh, he makes it regional. So, or, or you got a crazy wife, you got to dodge from a couple days. I'm going to bug out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And we, we, we have fun with that stuff, and I respect those guys, but the reason this project started is it's like all of this stuff is cool and it's guy stuff and it, it can definitely be women stuff just because it's about men doesn't mean that it isn't about women too. But, uh, you know, just, just little helpful tips on taking care of your family, getting back to some of the DIY stuff. Like we were talking about, uh, some of the innovators of the pulling world that would go out and modify airplane parts to fit into a pulling tractor or mount a turbo or, uh, something that affected it's that kind of stuff that we try to talk about but also things that might face uh, i got a buddy that's in his uh he's a couple years older than me i think he's 40 45 46 years old and uh had to had to go out and find a job because his job moved to china and uh, so just talked to him about having to go through the interview process after working for a company for 27 years and thinking he'd never have to go through that again so yeah it's uh, about anything because I got, I got tired of being pigeonholed into just one thing, so we did this uh, It's About Men thing, and that's the name we came up with for it, but it, it's outdoorsy, yard, whatever, anything. Whatever crosses our mind, and we do some pretty wacky projects on there, making things do what they're not supposed to do. Yeah, I know you did a great <laughs> series on gardening and things like that, and it's anything and everything that piques Kenny Eagleston's mind for the day. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much, and I bring my uh, my big brother into that tiny. Yeah, uh, what we call him. Your big little brother gave him that name. <laughs> Your big I brother. T- yeah, he was on the last episode, wasn't he? The interview one. 
uh, on the It's About Men? Yeah. Uh, no, that, that actually, that was uh, or is a that good a friend replay? of mine, Stuart, who when he was, when he was uh, living off of his uh, the severance, he had a lot of time on his hands, and he's going to be a big part of the It's About Men show, but now he got a real job, and, uh, and he loves it, which is nice, other than he's not as available to be part of the show anymore. Well, sounds like but, I uh, need to tune into the interview episode now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like we might better get you on it as soon as you decide what you're going to I was going to say, if, uh, if you got money for Airflare, I will be out there to be part of any show. I love it. <laughs> well, I, I know we've talked about doing it. Right now, I'm not sure how I'm getting to Burville. But <laughs> Burville? We can get you to Burville. Oh, we can get you to Burville. <laughs> okay, we'll do it. I'll just start driving right now. i got a 120-gallon tank in the coming. So. Oh, hell, you'll be there here in what? Four yeah, hours, five saying, hours? You might want to hold off like uh, three or four weeks before you start driving. Yeah, we oh, got okay. we got till okay. July. Don't worry, but... Uh, that's good. I got a couple of gigs I probably need to be to. <laughs> you know, we, we could probably get your uh, your travel expenses subsidized, so we'll yeah. get you here. Hey, subsidized. He is fitting into big words. <laughs> I got to do my job for the night. <laughs> so with that, thank you, Kenny Eggleston, for coming on with us. Hang on the lines for a minute. Uh, this is Sidetracked. I'm pulling Radio Network. And we're back. Thanks, everyone, for uh, sticking along with us tonight, listening to that excellent interview with Kenny Eggleston. Got, you know what? Thank you, Kenny, for coming on Sidetrack tonight. It, was, it wasn't even an interview. It was just a third co-host yeah. just 1,500 yeah. miles away. So that was, that was fun. It was a blast. I'm glad, Carl, you got a chance to talk with him. I love Kenny. Great guy to work with. And uh, going to see a lot more coming out of Live a Little Productions and Sidetrack Productions. Excuse me, coinciding, so... You know, I really feel the beauty of the polling community is you can be 1,500 miles away. And, and I mean, if it wasn't for a, a telephone between the three of us, it felt like we were all just sitting at one table drinking a beer and talking. And oh, that's yeah. That's the beauty of it. No, it was great, great time. And thank you, Carl, for coming on, filling in the spot for us this week. We appreciate it, as always. For sure. I'm always here. Yeah, so. I actually talk on, like, uh, some special guest hosts you've had. Well, he's not a guest host. He's just a repeating <laughs> member of the studio audience. Okay, so he's like the mic'd audience? Yeah. We okay, have a, okay. It's about the extent of our studio audience or regular listening audience, one person. Yeah. So, Well, I guess that way it was a live show to him then. Yeah, no, I mean. There's one person out there who's going to get that reference. Uh, it's the person we're talking well, I about. I think we're up to six <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Don't worry, I don't know either. I'm just going along with it. He's drunk. Well, that's a pot calling the kettle black. Good wines. Err. All right, fine. This is the show where we name names, right? Yeah. Mr. Evan Booms. Yeah. He sat in on the last episode, or yeah, it was two episodes ago. Yeah, two episodes ago. That was the Derek Rose episode. Yes. And, uh, I'm not going to lie, I was listening, completely forgot he was there. Until like the very end of the episode, he said a word, and I was like, oh my god, he has been there the whole time. <laughs> no, Evan likes coming in, listening to That's the show. Great. And That's great. Kind of getting the sneak peek firsthand uh, now, experience with it. So, If you're going to give him a microphone, he should probably say a couple more words. 
Yeah, we're, we, we'll get on them about it. All right, all right. Well, that's why I'm, I'm roasting. Not everybody's here. as comfortable as us on the microphone. I'm going to roast them live. That's what this show's all about. <laughs> if you want to sit here and have a mic in front of your face, you better say something. There's Carl's <laughs> mini rant. There's Carl's mini rant for the week. <laughs> yeah, that's my rant. If you're going to be on this show, you better damn say something. Okay, with that. We're done for the evening. We're done, done, done. And thank you for listening to another episode of Sidetracked with Armstead and Posh. We appreciate it as always. My name's Armstead. My name's Cross. My name's Meyer. Good night. It was wonderful. Bravo. I loved it. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Get out my trailer. I want you out.